Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. And here we are. Oh, goodness sakes. Things are not going well this evening, in case you hadn't noticed. Good evening, everybody. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online. This is the TS Radio Network. Joining me tonight is co-host is Kaz Scaife. And, oh, my goodness, I'm just uh, kind of wore out here. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot of changes happening. And, of course, the glory hogs are busy, so, you know, we've got that yeah. to deal with, too. And, uh, uh, As always. But there's just things, yeah, things happening everywhere. Um, one of the uh, conversations I had this week, someone was screaming at me, literally, that I needed to talk to a senator or represent. I have done this multiple times. And... You can talk to them all day long, and they'll smile and grin and serve you coffee and cookies and tell you they're so glad to meet you. Will you come in again? And blah, 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 blah. And when they shut the door, they forgot who you are. These people are not going to do anything. They are fully aware, especially after the Britney Spears case. And did anybody notice besides me how quickly, how quickly that case got resolved once it hit uh, notoriety, you know, hit the yeah the media. Once it, it got out there, there were protests in New York and Los Angeles and all over the place. And all of a sudden, she was out of guardianship, out of conservatorship. Same mm-hmm. thing out there. And yeah. I I just absolutely there was no fighting. There was no attempt to hang on to her funds. No nothing. She was just suddenly loose to quiet all of that down. And But that case did a lot to bring attention to this topic, what happens to people and families. And it can happen to anyone, as I've said before, don't think because you don't have an estate, you don't have any value in this system. You can be bought, sold, traded, farmed out. Um, in, in one community, a person on Social Security can generate upwards of a million dollars in revenue for medical providers, therapists, this one, that one, nursing homes, whoever. I mean, it's just a money mill. And there's state funding, federal yeah. funding, special funding, and then, of course, the block funding out of Title 20 Social Security, the cabillions that come in every year for elder care and services that never get spent on them. And, I mean, it's just a money maker. But we have been targeted. We have a target on our backs if you are 50 or older, I thought it was 60, but it seems to be 50 is a prime age more so. 
and you have anything at all, they're coming for they you. They want it. They want it. Yeah. It's you shouldn't have it. It shouldn't be yours. Um, it's just absolutely, it's a predatory system, and it, the predators are running it. And, of course, we see this globally. Um, we know they're selling franchises on conservatorship and guardianship globally. And the promise is that it's fast, easy, consistent money. And never mind, you might destroy somebody's life and end up killing them. So what? You but got rich, you didn't made you? Money. Yeah. Yep. There you go. The, the story right. tonight. Yeah. Now, are we? Our guest is trying to get in. I I texted yeah, her phone number. Yeah. Do we have yeah, her? I got her. Yes. Okay. Hang on a, second. a little bit of a technical yeah. difficulties going on, but this story is going to blow everyone's mind. Okay. All right. Go ahead. You got her, Cuz. All right. Linda, can you hear us? Yes, yes I All can. Right. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you so much for coming and talking about this very, very painful situation that you have gone through and experienced. And just know that we and our listeners, you know, myself and Marty and the listeners, we, we all emphasize, emphasize, oh, I can't even say the word, emphasize, with what you're going through, as many of us, including myself, have gone through this. And I know you and I had, you know, a nice long chit-chat on the on the phone. So I got up to date with what's going on. So I'm. we only have, I know you have to get back to work, so we oh, we have Reverend Ralph is in the, waiting in the sidelines. We're going to be real excited to hear what's going on in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. But right now, Linda, it's all about yes. you. You okay. are the first story. When we talked and I heard that your father was actually in hospice care, which yes. everyone knows in hospice care, they have all this not resuscitate. I mean, they do all that. And the minute they found out he had money, they guardianized him and had him down at the emergency room. And then you didn't know where he was for a month. Right. This is yes. this is mind blowing. This is the first time Marty and I have ever heard anything like this. And I hope Marsha is listening to this show. She runs a show called Murdered by Hospice, and I bet she's going to want you on her show after she hears what hospice care and guardianship they really teamed up uh, have done with you. So. Linda, why don't we, you know, start kind of take it away, talk about, you know, I know you all had just moved and your father went downhill, you were living with him, and he, you know, yes. loved his, your daughters, his granddaughters. If you want to give us just a quick, brief background of what got him to the point where he was put into guardianship, go ahead and take it away. Okay, my dad, he got real sick um, in like 2000. It was the end of 2018, and he fell and he broke his hip. Well, he went to the hospital, and they they couldn't do surgery on him, they said. So um, since they couldn't do surgery, and then they found that he had, because he had a seizure before he broke his hip. And mm-hmm. they, they said that um, he had water on his brain, or, uh, yeah, I guess it was water on his brain. And um, so they said that he needed hospice because there was no way that he could go, make it through the surgery and all this other stuff. Uh. And so they had they had me meet with hospice, and I was very, very reluctant because I thought, well, yeah. I know that they're going to come in our home, and my dad's a very private man. And I already kind of sort of had a 
uh, nurse that would come in and check on him every now and then because he, mm-hmm. he was like, you know, I just needed help. And um, as everyone does now, how old was your father? My dad at that time, he was 80, 85. Oh, okay. So he was, he was 84. 84. Okay. All right. And, and so they came into the house. Yes, so hospice, so I, I re- agreed agreed for him to come into hospice. And the minute the first nurse that came in, she was very judgmental, and she was, like, just really rude. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this was a bad idea. Well, anyway, they um, yeah. they would come in, and they, they ended up calling APS on us, like, I think four four times. Each time they would dismiss it. And... The nurse, the nurse, uh, oh, I was going to say her name. I won't say her name, but the nurse came in, and um, when, she, when he, um, he, he came home from the hospital with bed sores. He did not get the bed sores from us, and they were starting to heal. And the nurse, before the nurse that came in and took him away, said that, wow, your dad's looking a lot better. And so, um, you know, his wounds were clearing up. Well, then the next day, the other nurse came in. I guess it made her mad because after she found out that we had money, because I would talk to the nurses, and that was a big mistake. I shouldn't even talk to them. And she came, she came in. She goes, I'm not going to leave until you call an ambulance for your father. Now, mind you, my dad was very, very close to going. He, was, he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't drink. He was on fentanyl. He was on morphine. He was on every drug you could imagine, and he was, like, just laying there lethargic. And yeah. Now, how long had he been in hospice up into the point where all of a sudden she's like, we're calling 911? About one year. He had been in hospice for a year when then she decided this is really bad and yes. we need to call an answer? Oh, like Wow. He- she pushed the panic button because she knew he was getting ready to die. And so right. she had to, you know, to me, she had to hurry up and get get him out of there before he died so that the person could get some money. Knows, yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it, it appeared to me because every time she called APS, it was for a different reason. It was the same nurse that called APS. She called APS saying that I was living off my dad's Social Security money when she knew for a fact I was not living off my dad's Social Security money because he wasn't even getting Social Security because I kept asking them to sign a trustee paper because I to get trustee over, you know, the Social Security. They would not mm-hmm. sign it for me. And it's like, okay. but she, yeah, she still called APS saying that we were living off his Social Security money. I mean, and, and here's the thing, anyone listening, you're, that social security check is going to, you're living at the house with your father taking care of them. I don't see anything wrong with you cashing that social security check and using it to keep the household going, including if you, the caregiver, buy some food with it. This, right. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is crazy that they're going to accuse you of this. Okay, I'm oh, sorry, yeah. go on. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, I'm already mad. And, well, the last time that she called APS, and this is another thing, it's like she got upset because the APS worker came in, and in his findings, he, there was no neglect, no abuse, no exploitation, and he was just ready yeah. to, to close it. And she, it's like it pissed her off 
or made her mad. Sorry about the language, but it made her mad. So she um, she hurried up. That's when she came over, and she she came in our house without knocking. She stormed in the house, and she said, "You better call nine one one for your for your father." I go, "Why?" And she goes, "Cause he needs wound care." And I go, "Wound care?" I go, "He, you should be doing the wound care. That's you know the hospice." Exactly. And That's what they're supposed to do. Right, right. And why isn't he healing or why isn't he this and that? Well, and a hospice nurse knows that he's going to be dehydrated. He's going to be malnourished. He he was down to like 80 yeah. pounds. And he was like, yeah. he was he was already like his mouth. It was horrible. It was terrible. It, it's watching very my horrible. Yeah. And he, so I go, you know what? It's in the middle of February. I am not going to call the ambulance for my dad because, there's he let him go in peace let him go without being stuck out in the cold yeah. you know it's going to shock him having to go out to the ambulance and oh it was just unbelievable so she sat in my yard for five hours just sat there with this look on her face I go okay okay I'll call 911 that was the worst thing I could have ever done I called 911 they came and got him and they treated him like he was like somebody that I had locked away hiding that wasn't on hospice, you know. And the nurse es- escorted him there, the hospice nur- nurse did, and failed mm-hmm. to tell them that he, you know, he's going to be dehydrated. He's going to be this and that because in the report, the, the doctor said, oh, he, w- he was um, – dehydrated and malnutrition like I didn't and he said like he was not fed for several days and I'm all oh my oh gosh my when God. I heard the report yeah I about died I cried and cried and anyway they took him away and I, I called the APS worker and the adult protective services and I go where's my dad where's my dad oh uh, I don't know you got to go see if he's at the hospital so when we went to the hospital my daughter and I and they escorted us away with police and I tried to yeah and I checked all the other hospitals around in Las Vegas and Bullhead City and there was none none at all and for and so um come to find out um to go forward in some ways I had to get a job at a hotel and a worker told me that he was in a nursing home under when she took care of him underneath the name John Doe, that's why I couldn't find him. So for Linda, full month, Linda, yes. Can I ask you a question? You said they gave sure. you fentanyl, morphine. Uh, what else? Yes. And um, fentanyl. Oh, oxycodone. Oxycodone. All of them highly addictive, supposed painkillers, yes. but they're not. Uh, morphine uh, will compromise lung function first and foremost. And oxycodone, of course, we know is just a horrendous drug. And But these are the drugs hospice starts. And that's why he started going downhill after hospice showed up. They started oh. drugging him. And it, within a very short time, he's no longer eating. He's no longer... And they will say things to you like, oh, he's forgotten how to swallow. No, you drug mm-hmm. him up so bad he can't. And right. There's a difference. And then what they do is they call futility of care. And that means they stop all medical treatment. And all medical treatment includes now food and water. That's not your right. That is medical treatment. And 
of course, dehydration has devastating, devastating effects. One of the questions I have is, did they ever try to run a um, IV on him to hydrate him? Well, no, not not during hospice because they that right there that's a um, life saving technique. They consider that life saving. Right. So they they said that if he was to have IV, he would feel bloated and sick. So what did they do when they got him to the emergency room? They automatically put IVs in him. So okay. my dad suffered. He he suffered. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. He was, he, but these are the drugs uh, that we. Yeah, these yeah. are drugs that we call the. Uh, they come in finally with what's called the kill shot. This yep. is a massive dose of um, roxanol, which is pure uncut morphine at a high dose, and another drug like Ativan, Seroquel, any one of those drugs, and they hit them, and yep. within fifteen twenty minutes, they're gone. Now my boyfriend. He he went through this whole thing with me, and he stayed by my side. And he's here with me too to fill in some of the details that I forget. Yeah. Some of the major ones. Can he can he speak? Yeah. Okay. There, Johnny. Yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm okay. done. Um, Hi, Don. Thank to... you so much for coming on. Oh yeah, no problem. I'm I'm glad to be here. I wanted to clear up uh, the when they took him from the our house. They put him in the hospital, and then in the opposing side's documents submitted to the court here in Kingman. Um, oh. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the submitted documents state that one of the nurses uh, wrote down 30 days after being submitted to the hospital that Edward would need help fed because he cannot feed himself because he really couldn't feed himself like his arms were contracting and stuff so he yeah. he he needed help from day one not 30 days after um right and then and then as soon as that was reported from the nurse they moved him into an elderly assistance and again the same thing 30 days after they finally noted one of the nurse noted that he needed assistance uh feeding himself because he cannot feed himself. So basically he starved for two months after he left our house. And then, and he was the strongest willed man I've ever known, like out of everybody I've met. And he, wow. he would have, he would have lasted longer than, uh, longer than hospice thought they, that he would have. But um, yeah, he, he starved for two months straight and it's in the paperwork. And, and then he died like within a week after that. And we couldn't find him. Even even on his birthday, I went to the hospital, and for the seventh time, they told me he was not there. And when he was there, turned, when he was there, he was there. He was there the whole time. Why do you yeah. think they didn't want you to see him? Oh no, they didn't. They they no. They said that yeah. I was a I was a um a perpetrator. Yeah, that's they how they always do it. They pick a yeah. I'm and a bad they, person too. According to oh, the court. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Then we get the phone call after he after the lady gets um, guardianship over him. This is about um, a month afterwards. Yeah, it took a month, and they finally gave me a call. I finally found out where he was after being like in the dark and cut. Oh yeah, I did cuss out the adult protective service um, 
worker, and he he made sure that he put that down in the paperwork, and he totally lied about what I said. But I had a right to be upset. I had a, I yeah. had full rights to be upset where my father was, and he exactly. he wouldn't tell me. Yeah, he wouldn't tell me, and they lied. Everybody lied and led me on and led me on, and it was it was just it was like I was in a twilight zone. And yep. and he um so when the assistants the the lady who got um guardianship over my father has not spoken to me still to this day, but she always had her assistant talk to me. So her assistant calls my phone and says, um, you know, Miss Linda, whatever, and she's all, um, yeah, you your father is in our um our I forgot what she how she said it. Um, he is in a guardianship, and he is a ward to, and he, she said, the, you know, the lady's name. And I go, what are you talking about? I didn't even know what that was. I had no clue. And, yeah. and right that day after she called and let me know that, I got the court papers, which it was already too late. She already gained guardianship. And I, no, I bet you never point. thought something like this could happen in the United States. I like, it's no, just when you say it's the Twilight Zone. We hear that from so yeah. many people. And let you go through this. It's so mind-blowing. Yeah. And they froze all my accounts. They froze everything. The electricity, the the water, the everything was shut. You know, they were, the bills were piling up already. And I, did, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. And the little things that were in that AP, the adult protective um, report, it, it's unbelievable the lies. I could not believe it when they sent me the court papers. They sent the APS report and why she got guardianship and why she applied for emergency guardianship. I didn't even know this lady from anybody. Never heard of her before in my entire life. How can she come in and take control of my father, who worked so hard his whole life, just come in and take him and take everything he had and and control where everything went. Did, didn't they, um, like, deactivate the will and they put every all his yeah. money is just sitting in a trust and no one gets it? My dad yeah. made, a, made a trust in 2014, and he put all five siblings on it. Well, one of them wasn't even his daughter. It was me and my brother, Randall, and then my other two brothers, which are my, my dad's but weren't my – yeah, one was my dad's and right. one was my mom and dad's. And so my dad, I didn't know in 2014 he did this. I had no clue. I was going through my own, my own self. Right. Yeah. I didn't care about no trust, no will, no nothing. I just wanted, because my mom just died. My son just died. And it was a a lot to go through. So my um, dad had it amended only two months after that. And he took off three of the kids and he kept my brother Randall on it and me. He put my brother Randall first and then he put me on it and then my two daughters. Well, when we moved to Arizona, he had it amended again because he said that, you know, it's a different state. He thought he had to have it amended since we moved to a different state. And right. so we, I went with him, but he, he decided to put me first and then Randall second. I had nothing to do with it. He went to a lawyer, and if it wasn't valid, then the lawyer shouldn't have validated it, you know, made the trust for him or amended it. Mm-hmm. 
right. you know, it was easily done, and my dad had his own reasons, and he and it specifically specifically said in the trust he had his own reasons for it, his own personal reasons, and right. there was um and there was a clause in it saying that if anybody you know had anything to say about it, they're disinherited and all that. Well, we brought all that up in court, and well, I ended up losing. I ended up losing big time. I ended up, um, they ended up looking at me like I was the worst piece, you know, whatever. But come to find out, the the lady who got guardianship, her uncle is a former Mojave County Superior Court judge, which is her lawyer. Now, he has ties to the court. He has ties to everything. And I lost from the beginning. I lost. I've already lost. You, you know, lost so the time they said all rise. Do you? They already had decided it. That's how it works. Oh yeah, and that judge yeah. laughed they just at me. me. Yeah, and they go, "Well, mm-hmm. you were spending his money." I go, "Of course, I was spending his money. I had to buy laundry detergent. I had to buy um, clothes. I had to buy, you know, this and that." And yeah. they said that I lived an ex- extraordinary life or extract. What's that word? Extravagant? Whatever. Yeah. No, I was not. I, I, I was so like, there was no you, worry about it. You know it. what? Who cares if you were living an extravagant life and you bought a new person, a new outfit? I bet your dad would rather have spent the money that way than give it to some guardian he never knew. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I ended up. After all of this, and I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I found the will. I found the original will, and it said exactly what my dad wanted. Exactly. Well, they ended up invalidating that will. And, yep, yep I ended up in the, living in my car with my two daughters and my boyfriend. And it just there's so many details in between there that but we ended up homeless in the car. And, and we were just your father... Your father was a multimillionaire, wasn't he? Your father yes. was a multimillionaire. I know. Yeah. Yes. And and his daughter, who he cared and loved for, and his granddaughters are homeless in a car when he's a multimillionaire. Yes. You know darn straight that that is not what your father would have wanted. Oh, no. Oh. And I said that before. I oh. go, my dad never, even me, my dad loved me unconditionally through anything and everything. And I've that's the same way with my daughters. I'll love them through anything and everything. It's what parents, it's what all parents yeah. do. And yeah. they brought up my past, and they brought up everything to use against me, which I I cannot believe it. The whole situation just yeah. it's traumatizing. And when they yeah. kicked us out of our house, and I was beneficiary beneficiary of our house. And I was um, yeah. paid on death of my dad's 401k. That lady put everything in my dad's trust and then dis- dispersed it to the other siblings that my dad just inherited. Oh, interesting. $20,000 each they got. And they said that was what was what little was left of the estate. Oh. And my well, the, the lawyers and the guardians had to get paid. Oh, of course, she got so far. I think forty to fifty thousand dollars so far. Hmm. Mhm. I bet she got so, more than that. that. You just don't know. That's just what's documented too, because we did lose uh, two whole properties, two houses, 
uh, uh, three parcels with a storage facility yes. and a customized house being built on it. Um, three or four, yeah. three, four, four cars. And, uh, and then everything we owned on both properties got hauled to the dump. We didn't get to keep any of our own stuff. Nope. We just got left our car. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and, they got, and, and the only reason why we got the car is because it was in my name. Wow. And what they and do the, is they sell those properties really cheap to their friends. Oh, they do. They flip the, them, and then they make money and go on vacations and stuff. That's what they do. Yeah. I, we see this all over the country. Yeah, they said that the storage facility, that I helped my dad make a bad investment with the storage facility, which anybody knows that storage facilities are like everyone around in this area, you cannot find storage. They're all taken mm -hmm. up. They're all done. You know, they're all yeah full. And the house that was going to be built on the property was to accommodate my dad. Everything was for my dad. Yeah. They accommodate my dad. And they said that there was nothing to accommodate my dad. I even gave them the blueprints to it. And it was, and we already spent $400,000 on the project. So that $400,000 wow. that was spent on the project, when she sold that property, went down the drain. Wow. It went, it, it, it's it so like, disgusting. It's just, yeah. it's so disgusting. Oh, so, these guardians yeah. have gotten so greedy that they pulled someone out of hospice who was about to pass away in a matter of days. It's the most disgusting yeah. story. I, I mean, this, this is shocking. This is the new low that, and I'm going to guess we're going to start to hear more of these stories. So now, not only are, are the nursing homes and everything, they're hunting grounds, they're now hunting right in the hospice. Yes. It's, yes, I think that's, the hospice is That's awful. Yeah, I think that the hospice nurse knew the a lady at the hospital, which knew the the um the guardian or the she was a fiduciary. She's a fiduciary. And the lady okay. in the oh, hospital. We've had, we've had oh, many cases where the charge nurse on the floor at the hospital was connected to an attorney and a guardian, and if somebody came in like this, they she gave them a heads up. Yeah. We have found people in hospice doing the same thing. They get a kickback yes. for doing it. They don't care. They don't care. Exactly. And this is such yeah. a small community around here. Everybody knows everybody. And, mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, it's just, it, it is sick. Even the one nurse uh, that showed up at our front door was from the town over, and she really wasn't a nurse, but she mentioned that the nurse from hospice told her that we had tons of money to come knock at our door and ask us for a job. Yes. So we hired her. And she ended up stealing from us, but um, yeah, yeah, she was oh. the one running around telling everybody we had millions of dollars. Yeah, and oh yes, gosh. well, I I turned in the fiduciary to the fiduciary board, and I got an email not too long ago, and I cried. They they are investigating her. That's she good. Under, yeah, she is under investigation because it's very, very rare for them to even even consider investigating a fiduciary. There's only this like is a good start. Uh -huh. This is a really good start. This is a really good start. Yeah, because I Was put in my complaint. I know this is not right. This is not right how any of this no. went down. None no, of it. absolutely it's not. Marty and I know Marty. that also. 
yeah, this is not yeah. fair. It's not right. And I have to work two jobs. I work two jobs. And I, I, we scrape by to make it. And my dad, my mom and dad always told me that we were going to be taken care of when we grew up. And you know what? People say, well, you should be working. You should, no. I, my parents made sure we had everything in life. And they, they planned it for, you know, my dad planned it at the end for my two daughters and I to have a good life. That's why he, that's why he worked. He wrote several letters and I even sent those letters to the court. It was like sending the court blank pieces of paper to anything. I, all the, all the evidence I had, everything, it's it's like it was sending him a blank piece of paper and I have tons of evidence. Evidence for everything. Yes. And how I was on the, the beneficiary since 2014 on his 401k and yeah. oh yeah, it, it's just, and my dad had a lot in his 401k, but there, so my sorry. dad was lost in his money the way he wanted to. He, there was there was nothing saying that my dad couldn't spend his money, but they blamed it all on me. They went back to 2014, and anything my dad spent, I have to pay back. And then they sued you. Yeah, they sued me. Huh? My sister sued me, yes. Instigated wow. by the yeah, instigated by the fiduciary and uh, her lawyer. Wow. Yeah, it, it's just, it's, I, they sued me. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. My dad wrote down everything he spent. Well, my dad was getting um, checks from, from San Bernardino County because he had custody of my kids while I found myself, you know. And mm-hmm. so he right. was my dad checks. So that money was from the state. I have to pay back. The court is making me pay back all that money that he spent on my two kids and my um and on me. That's insane. And, yeah, and I have to pay the, their lawyers' fees and everything. And I just don't have the money. I don't have it. I oh don't see God. why I have to take it back. I was the only one who took care of my dad. I'm the only one that was there. I'm the only one that right. was by his side. He, I'm the only one he wanted to be around. And yeah. they, they never called once. We hired a private investigator to find my one brother, and he said he didn't want nothing to do with my dad. My sister, she kept calling CPS on us, and she kept calling APS. Oh, and that's another thing, going back to hospice. One thing they said about me, they they wore up and down. I was wearing my dad's fentanyl patches. Now, if I was wearing oh. my dad's fentanyl patches, you better call the police on me and you better call CPS and have my kids removed because I'm not a good mother. But they never They're, did I, any of that. They just accused no, you, didn't they? because I never wore them. But they made right. sure that they put that in the report. And they put one or two of them at a, at a time. Yeah. And because make, you're in probate court, you're they don't have the they don't have to prove anything. They just splurt lies out. That's yes, probate yes. courts across the country need to just be abolished. Be, yeah, there's no burden of proof. They just say it and to build their case. It's just such a racket. Yeah, and if they suspected me of being on drugs, they better have called the police and they better have called me called CPS on me. But no, right. they just called APS saying that I was on drugs and that I, that, um, what, what else was it? That I was on drugs. Yeah. And there's well, no, files, no charges filed. Yeah. And they, they never called stuff CPS. up. Yeah. They just wow. Were trying to, 
And I didn't know any of this until I got the APS report. Oh, my gosh. Wow, these people are turning. Yeah, my life, like I could never get a caregiving job because I'm on the um, APS report or the registry. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, and and the paragraph is so big and so unbelievable. I cry. I don't even look my own name up anymore. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, they they really do destroy. They really enjoy destroying people. It's you know, it's what they it's what they do. Uh, have you? What, some of the things that you need to do if you can prove Medicare fraud or Medicaid fraud, you file that with the federal government. That can start to open up some investigations. Uh, the FBI never does anything, but you need to still file that report for judicial corruption or public corruption because there's a judge that rubber stamped all that and I'm going to guess the guardian sounds like some sort of a court appointed guardian I I always encourage everybody to file that we call them the fake BI they never investigate it but the more of us that file the complaint the day is coming when it's when they are going to have to show the paperwork yes all these people did file these complaints and we didn't do anything about it uh, right, right. So file, file, and you know what? Just maybe, just maybe, just maybe the right, you know, someone young and caring will actually get your report and investigate it. So file that, file on any, like, nurses' licenses. I mean, she shouldn't have been telling you to call 911 when your father was in hospice at the end. Of it. So you file on her, on her nurse license. Okay, good. So you do that. You file on any attorneys involved. You file on their license. And then, Marty, what is it? You file on their bond. There's something that you do with yeah, the bond. How does that work? They, they all have to carry a surety bond. So the first thing you have to do is file a complaint with the Bar Association, which is going to go nowhere. 99.9% right. of the complaints they get get thrown in the trash because they're yeah. all crooked as hell. And But you still have to file that complaint. Then from there you go to the company and they have to tell you who's carrying their bond. <laughs> and you go there and you file a complaint against them there. Three complaints, they lose their bond. They lose their bond, they're out of business. Um, and they have to carry a bond, cover the amount of the value of the estate. And um, this is supposed to be the insurance against fraud and theft and all. Yeah, right. But um, that's the way. It's just like going to the judicial committee and filing a complaint with them over a supposed judge. And what you'll find out is if you do, that person sitting there calling themselves a judge is acting in fraud because they are not a judge. A, the term judge implies that you are in a constitutional Article Three court. You are not. You are in a tribunal. That's a hearing examiner or a ministerial clerk. And they're most right. likely contracted to one or many of the agencies that are coming against you. They're t- taking a paycheck from them. So it's a conflict of interest. But Cos was right. Everything is settled before you ever step foot in that room. Uh, they've yeah. already decided how it's going to go. And, um, and you know so what? it wouldn't have mattered. Go ahead. That That's what the – that's what um, – the assistant told me, she already told me, she gave me a rundown what was going to happen. She goes, first, your kids aren't going to go to Christian school. You're going to have to put them in public school. Second, 
you're going to have to find another place to live because we're selling everything. Third, you, you're going to have to get a job. So that was, that was, she already gave me the rundown of what was ha- going to happen, and everything that she said was going to happen happened. Because she, she it's called ex parte communication. They go and they all they all go out for lunch and decide all the cases, figure out, you know, how much money they're all going to make, and um, and also they they're usually like sociopaths, so they actually enjoy the pain that they inflict upon you and yes. your family. Oh, they enjoy wow. it. Yes. Mm-hmm. When she evicted us out of our house, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. When she she evicted us out of her house. It's like she had a big old smile on her face, trying she to get all of our it. stuff out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She enjoyed it. They're very sick. And I know that when we talked on the phone, you have several other people that yeah. have that the same thing has happened to them, and we're talking about maybe getting a whole group of people on the show. So the fact that you're not alone in having this happen yes. to you, you have several other people in the same community that this has happened to. See, they gave up. They gave up because they tried everything. And the one was a senator's daughter, and they took over her mom's estate, and she's living in a trailer. And she goes, and they said how her mom lived an extraordinary life. And she was, of course my mom did. My mom liked Gucci purses. My mom liked this and that. And so they tagged it on her, and they took everything from her Anything that her mom left her, they took from her. And her mom used to go to the, the fiduciary's uh, parties and stuff. Yeah, used to go to her parties and, yeah. She wow. lives in a million-dollar home. Yeah. Drives nice cars and her office is in a million-dollar neighborhood. and Yeah. And how did she get that? By other people's money. By hard-working yeah. elderly people that had no clue what was going on. Yeah. Wow. And so she used to even be friends with her victims first and invite them yeah. to the party. Yeah. So she wow. homed on her, homed on in on her, like even before her death. Yeah. Yeah. So she wow. gave up to somebody else and she moved to, ended up moving to Arkansas and she goes, I cannot believe they gave everything to my brothers. And well, she, and the same lawyer was, um, that they had representing my brothers was a lawyer that she sought and but the lawyer got the fiduciary involved and that's when she lost everything and they owned like a big old tow tow um company here and everything wow and they they had a lot of money and she only takes cases where there's a lot of money the work (laughs) of course and so basically what they do is they divvy them out. And this is what we figured out in Montgomery County. You have, um, for example, if the if the um, the ward has a lot of money, they'll get Deb Clock to be the guardian. But if you have not a lot of money, you're going to have way, way, way more wards. You're going to get like a Carol Hershey who has – you know, a couple thousand wards there, and then Deb Clark, who will just have, like, a few, but hers will be big money. So they basically divvy these out, and we have figured that out. And you also, in Michigan, there's that Mary Rowan. She's, it's the same, which when Marty was talking about you don't have to be wealthy to fall into this trap. That's right. The, you know, the Mary Rowans of the, of the world, they're going to take the ward that 
it doesn't have a lot of money, but they're going to do it on volume. It's like that's the fast food person, you know. McDonald's makes a ton of money, but they are selling you dollar menu value meals or whatever. Yeah. So that's like yes. cheap money, but they make a lot. And so this fiduciary, so it's all organized. She's the one mm-hmm. who takes the big money clients, and they're it's it's a very it's racketeering. It's it's very mafia like what they all are all doing. They have a playbook. They're very organized. A lot of them are members of this American Guardianship Association where they are basically, you know, organized throughout the country. Yes. And the they perpetrate their crime. That yes, what? It's an organized crime ring. And I told the judge it that. Is. I go, all you guys are are a bunch of organized, you're, you belong into an organized crime ring. And I go, and this is not fair to me. This is not fair. And he just smirked. He He couldn't even look at me. He wouldn't even look at me one time. And well, he, the, he was part, but and he smirked because he enjoys the pain that he inflicted on you. Because they're oh, also sick. They they enjoy pain on others. And my brother what they, is in the mental institution. Yes, all over this. Wow. My brother. Yeah, he because he loved my dad very, so much. It's very emotional, and what they do is they love to go in and pull apart families. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the story. I remember my sister telling me the story. Okay, let me get the politician right. I think his name was like Fat um, Marty. What is it? He was a colonel in the Navy, some kind of colonel in the Navy, Fat Eddie or something. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. so here's how he. This is the story how he found his people to be corrupt. So if you're in the Navy and you get invited over to the colonel's house or whatever, you're never allowed to leave with gifts. But he had a table, and there's all these different gifts lined up. And he would he would tell the different members, oh, make sure that you, you know, take, take a door prize or whatever, take something up. And he was watching to see who would break the rule and take the gift. So most people knew, oh, no, 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 oh, thank you anyway, but I can't, because they know that they're not supposed to or they would have to claim it, and it's just against the rules. But he actually, ha- it was actually little organized rings. It was him acting all nice. Oh, yeah, take this, you know, take this. And he'd have, like, you know, a $100 bottle of brandy or something. On, something that would be easy that you wouldn't really have to claim. You could just stick at your house. And nobody would know that you had this, you know, $100 bottle of brandy. But that is how cheap people will basically sell their soul. Their soul is worth 100 bucks, And wow. so he, he'd watch. And and these are the family members, like, you know, our family members who go and play with, you know, team up with the guardians and all that. They're basically, they're cheap, and they probably sold their soul for 100 bucks. Yes. But, yes. so they're they're looking, they, this, you know, Fat Eddie looks, okay, who's going to cheat and take the, you know, take the gift when they're not supposed to? And he marked who that person was. And then later on, you know, they started to work together, and this is was a big money laundering thing with, um, it was like different, um, oh, what is it, when they give out money to different, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? Marty, help me. They, the government gives out money to people to do the projects. What is that called? They have to bid on them, and then their people will get the bid, but then they'll, like, be giving up the money. Government contracts. Rigged deals. Okay. Rigged deals. Yeah, rig deals. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
so they would get these government contracts and there was a whole bunch of money laundering and cheating going on with these government contracts and kickbacks and this and that. So as he built his little empire, that's how he started. He would just look and see who who would sell their soul for that $100 bottle of brandy. And basically the guardians and the attorneys, and the judges, they know that. And they're looking for who's the chief family member who if you say, hey, you know what, you help me contest this will, I'm going to give you $5,000. And they sell, their, yes. they sell their soul. And it goes on because there's always someone in the family that is just – they don't yes. care, and they're and they're like basically like a cheap whore. Yeah, I'm just gonna sell um, for cheap. Yes, and, kind of, yeah, exactly. Yes, did my uh-huh. sister? I swear, she sent my sister to our home, and my sister stayed with us. I guess just to get information, and she went against me in court, and she ended up. Yeah. My sister wasn't even my father's blood. Got. Twenty thousand dollars out of the only, you know, what I mean. he was like for, yeah, the first, yeah, the first disbursement, and for some reason, no, I haven't heard anything from the court or anything. So I guess maybe they stopped the probate probate for a minute while they're investigating her. And I hope they do. I pray to God every day that that we get our justice. I, I pray. I, pray I hope you do too. Yeah, last year only one complaint went through in the fiduciary fiduciary board. Only one well, complaint out of thousands. So, well, that's awesome that you're through. Now you, now you and these others that you've met, you make sure you all walk in there with your complaints at the same time, so they know you all know each other. Because right. there's power in numbers. If they know that you all know this, which we're going to be talking about Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, the fact that. There's so many of us who know each other in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, and I do. I actually know one case where they brought some articles that were written about um, about my case, and Harvey Witten brought them to Judge Ott, and, and uh, they were going to put this woman named Deb Clack as the guardian of this guy's mother, and um, then they said, then his wife ended up getting the guardianship because Judge Ott, they don't, A, they don't want that stuff going into the court record. And this guy's son was also an attorney, and they were able to uh, hold this stuff up by taking some of these media articles that were out there and going and saying, I, we know these people. So judges don't, they definitely, they want to stay hiding under the rock like the little cockroach yes. that they are. And, yeah. but yeah, if you, you keep working with all those people that you've met and start to meet more people. And then all of you get your stories, like get it down on timelines. You want to be able to, let's say if you're meeting with a reporter or something, you want to be able to get that story across fast, have your documents with you to back up everything. And you sent Marty and I a ton of documents. And so, you know, kind of get like a preview, like that someone could look over in like 10 minutes and have each each of the victims of these people do that. And then you guys put your packets together and you start hitting the news media because yeah. you have a story. You guys have a story. Yeah. Um, I know that I go on to another um, podcast. Um, I forgot her name. I forgot. And I'm supposed to go on hers after I send her in some of the documents too. Cause oh, she's very good. Yeah, she's interested okay. in the story. 
And this is like the biggest break that my boyfriend and I have gotten. We felt like hopeless and helpless and like, what's that? There's a word. We felt um, like just there was no help. Like nobody was going to even acknowledge us. And this is like so, this is awesome. This is great. I mean, because it's. It's hope. Yeah, yeah, hope. We had some hope. Yeah, you've given And you know what else? And you know that you're not the bad people and that you didn't do anything wrong. You only were there to take care of your father. And these are the sociopaths and narcissists that are roaming, you know, in, in places of power. And they've, in, yep, and they've inflicted this on you. A, they want the money, and B, they enjoyed causing, causing you harm. Those are the two yes. things that they get out of it. Yes. And it's well, we very disgusting. Myself. What we want to see most of all is is Edward's uh, will seen through as he wanted it because he's probably not, you know, spiritually passing over into heaven until he sees his family okay um, the way he wanted yeah. it to be. Also, we bet, wanted to uh, yeah. it, it see the justice from it for the fact that it'll start a wave of hope for everybody who's who hasn't had the hope or lost Yeah, hope. who's given up. And hopefully yeah. start feeding in these in these court hearings and, and finally win and get justice themselves because that would be a movement that would be great. And if I could help even one family not go through what we went through by letting them know, you know, ahead of time not to do certain things, you know, that and yeah. to save them from having their lives ripped apart. Or family members too. Yeah, because it's bad enough that my dad yeah. had to suffer, you know. Exactly. You know, and the thing is, is that until you went through this, you probably, if you had heard these kind of stories, you you wouldn't have really thought that it would affect you. And that's the message that we're really trying to get out is that, yeah, it, this affects everyone. There's no yes. one escape. It's like a random, it's like random act of violence. Like you can't, you were targeted and there's nothing you did. You were targeted. Right. It was exactly. your turn. And that's what they're out there targeting people. Now, do you have any sort of Facebook page that you're um, posting information on this that you wanted to share yes. with, an, with the audience? Okay. What is yes, that page? It's called Arizona Probate, Probate Court and Justice. Okay. And that's on Facebook, and it's Arizona Probate Court and Justice. Yes. So everyone go. Is that like a private group or do you like the page? Yeah, I made it private by, I didn't know that if you made it private, you're not allowed to make it public. So I might make a new one, make it public. Right. Because I just want the fiduciary and all that, you know, to see what I have. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, private groups out there for those same reasons. They screen who is going to come in, but just know that these, you know, they're kind of like glory hoggish people. They make fake profiles to get in. So really making it private, if they want to get in, they're going to figure out how to get in. You know, they people out there stealing people's, um, pretending to be other people, like stealing, you know, their pictures and then sending the friend request again and, you know, gaining access. So there's a lot of that. So, yeah. And I'd love to have her name up there so people can be beware, you know, and not – trust, you know, having mm-hmm. their family's income or their family's estate taken care of by her because it's just, yeah. it's all greed. It's all about greed. And she she thinks that she's 
deserves a piece of the pie of somebody else's inheritance. And it's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's absolutely shocking that your father was in hospice down to his really last days and they turned around, called 911, resuscitated him so that they could put him into a guardianship so that they could steal the money. Is the yeah. most, I, I mean, you're the first story that I've heard this happen to. And I think we all need to be paying attention because this is going to start happening more and more. And you're just the tip of the iceberg that we've heard this. So I know you have to get back to work and we yes. were just going to have an hour. I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Is And everyone, go ahead one more time. What is the name of that Facebook page? Anyone who wants to get a hold of you, go to that Facebook page. Yes, Arizona Probate Court Injustice. All right, very good. And thank you so much. And You're we welcome. hope to stay in touch. Yep, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Thank you for coming yes, on. and finding someone to work for you for this hour while you got to share your story. It means a lot. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Okay, All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, you okay, too. Then. You have a nice okay. evening. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thank you. Wow, Marty, that was something, wasn't it? Yeah, it just it's amazing. And they're getting more blatant in what they do. They don't care because nothing's going to happen to them anyway. And it's no. going to be a rare thing yeah. like April Parks or what was that fool mm-hmm. down there, Rebecca Furley in Florida. Yeah. Uh, but you, you have these big dogs that they've stolen so much and done so much damage. Uh, but yeah. have you noticed it's all these women that get out of it. They never nail them in. They never nail no. them in. You know, I have a funny story. When I when I first got into this and I had like discovered NASCA, I thought, "Ooh, what is this NASCA?" And I started googling it, and I found, I found. Are you ready for this? I found a bad review about NASCA, and guess who wrote the bad review? You're who? gonna know the name, Jared Schaefer. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Please. So, I mean, yeah. NASCA should like take that as like a win if someone like Jared yeah. Schaefer hates you so much that he writes you a bad review. Basically, yeah. Jarrett Schaefer is, is like public enemy number one. He's worse than April Parks, and he's still getting away with his crime. So, you know, yeah, if he's writing you a bad review. But, you she, know, went, she, went yeah. to, she went to prison, but they never touched him. And she was working no. for him. Great. So, yeah. 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 So, but, you know, he's the man. When you touched on it's the women that, yeah. you know, there's someone up higher that, Yep. I, you know, and I think, like, when I think of the different players in Montgomery County, I do think that it will be the female players will take the fall first. And, you know, with that, yeah. as we talk about Montgomery County, we have our favorite person from Montgomery County, Reverend Ralph. Is he on? He is. Hold Reverend? on a second here. Let me get him up okay. here. There All right. you go. Hello, Reverend oh, hello. Ralph. Can you hear us? Hello. Yes, I can hear you fine, Cos. Hello, Marty. Good afternoon. Hi. Good evening. Thank, wherever, thank you for wherever. being with us. What were you able to listen to the first part of the show? Oh yes, the whole story. And it's just tragic. It's beyond tragic of what these people go through yeah. emotionally, physically, psychologically, and especially financially, of just how these strangers could just walk in and just take over and assume everybody's money is theirs for the keeping. 
And you touched on several good points. And the one weakness I have found uh, through my personal experience is uh, exposure. There, that's the weakness of every criminal, uh, especially these legal guardians and the corrupt lawyers and the corrupt judges, is exposure. And if they had stayed on, I would have said, go to the news media, get their story out there, because you'd be amazed the number of people that would call up or contact those people and say, yeah, my story is just the same as yours, and the same names keep coming up over and over yeah. again. And again, exposure is the most important thing. It's interesting how these victims, they go through it because it's the first time. But the people that perpetuate those crimes, like you have said, they have a playbook and they are experts at it. And they know how to cover their bases and cover their rear ends. And this is something where, uh, again, you're, you're fighting an uphill battle because you don't know where to go. You think, like Marty has said, lawyers are not your friend. They're your enemies, and they know how much yep. they can take you for. And, again, these yeah. judges and all, uh, I would have suggested uh, to them to contact the attorney general's office, contact the U.S. attorney's office, and, yes, the FBI, but – Again, who knows? I've had my own experience with the FBI, and I wouldn't—I mm-hmm. don't think they're worth five cents personally. Uh, yeah. But you know, you contact these upper-level people. Always send a certified letter with a return receipt, so you have proof you've contacted them. Evidence is the most important thing when you're dealing with people that you know bureaucrats that just don't give a damn. And also. Um, Contacting uh, the judges in that, uh, which usually the court of common pleas at that first level, because by sending out letters about that particular judge, that intimidates the other judges to say, hey, maybe this judge is not the most honest person, and to make it known to those other judges. And then maybe if that doesn't work, sending letters to the superior court of that state and maybe even the Supreme Court of that state. And that way, the word gets out that certain judges and certain lawyers are are not honest and they're not ethical people. Um, it's, it's very important that uh, to note that these people have gone through what other people, including me, have gone through, where these criminals make up stories about them just to dirty them, just to make them look like they're scum. And it's all about throwing the guilt off of them and putting it onto the victim, the relatives of the loved one. And this is something that, uh, you know, has gone on, you know, often and often and often that this is what they do just to say, no, no, no. I'm not the problem. They are. They're despicable little people. And, oh, they're trying to take advantage of their loved one. And it's just just blaming the victim is what it's about, blaming the victim. Um, Right. My my website, again, I wish they had stayed on, uh, protectmyparents.us. I would like to have anybody listening uh, go to my website, Use the uh, email or use the mail address to contact me, and I will be happy to post their story on my website. 
I would love to be able to post as many stories as possible to get people maybe in other areas to see how local people were victimized. So please send me your stories, and I'll be happy to post them on my website. Yet another place to get your story. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Martin. I was just going to say another story posted is uh, the National Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse. They have stories posted from all over the country, and it's really interesting. Like you put in your state, and sometimes you'll find a match and go, oh, well, that's interesting. So it's definitely a great database. And I am sure, Reverend, that if you found any story on there that with permission, that you could get permission to, you know, post that over onto your website because there are a lot of Pennsylvania victims there. I actually, I just got one. Did you see, I posted the, um, I posted the promo for this show for tonight and a Pennsylvania victim gave me a a reply. So I was like, oh, well. Look at that. Yeah. It's all about Pennsylvania, isn't it? How corrupt. Okay, and go ahead, Marty, because I interrupted you. Oh, that's all right. Um, Reverend, you talked about going to the FBI and the DOJ and so on. The FBI is a complete waste of time almost on any level. The DOJ we dealt with heavily here a couple of years ago, and, of course, one of the glory hogs got themselves in there and pretty well messed that up, but... Um, they came out, oh, they were going to fix it. Oh, they were going to do something about this. So what they did was um, they came out with the 2019 Elder Justice and Protection Act. Only there wasn't a damn thing in there that would protect them or give them justice. In fact, dead in the middle of this bill, there were thir- uh, an expansion of more than 30 agencies that were now going to be empowered and funded. They're the same agencies we fight. And this was supposed to be, and then they charged, the DOJ charged, who was it? Um, uh, Charged somebody, my mind went blank there. But anyway, with writing legislation, which they can't do, all about guardianship. This was the caveat, this little box at the end of the thing that said, you know, so-and-so's charged with writing legislation. You can't do that. All legislation must originate in the House. You can't write. Now, you can go and get somebody to sponsor a bill, but you can't give them authority to write the bill and, you know, and introduce it that way. But uh, the DOJ is absolutely worthless. Uh, we went to the Supreme Court year before last. I wrote an extensive letter and got a return. As was pointed out, ward, the term ward, means prisoner. So when you're declared a ward, you are a prisoner of the state. And as such, okay, the Supreme Court will not hear any cases involving guardianship, conservatorship, any of this stuff, because it is the property and business of the state. And so you see you've been commodified. And... um, but they've, they've got this worked out. I mean, they've got it nailed down all the way around. There is nowhere to go. It's like probate is set up so that you cannot possibly get out of probate and get into a civil or criminal court. You can't do it intentionally so that you can't. You're trapped. This is all intentional. This wasn't some mistake or it just haphazardly happened. This was intentional. This is a trap system. 
And here again, as I said at the beginning of the show, there isn't a representative or senator out there that does not know exactly what is going on here. Exactly. What it gets down to is the boomers, as they call them, are retiring. Many of them are ill for various reasons. They don't want to pay Medicare. And we've got the medical industry bilking Medicare out of 30 to $60 billion, that's with a B, every year. But they won't really go after them, but they'll go after somebody that, you know, screwed Medicare out of 20 bucks. And But this happens every year. Then um, Social Security. Oh, we had to fund it a billion and a half dollars to keep it solvent. No, you didn't. You put that money in there to fund child support recovery. Didn't go to Social Security. Child support recovery is administered by the Social Security Administration, but it is not part of. And they said, and they tell people, oh, it's broke. We can't keep doing that money account even now generates enough money to pay benefits for the next 20 years. And but what they've done is every time there's a nickel to spare, like in other words, surplus that doesn't go out in expenses or benefits, the federal government takes it and blows it on all kinds of stuff like wars and, you know, setting up TSA and all this other stuff. Um, when you understand the workings behind all of this stuff, the corruption involved and how carefully thought out this has been, what it's getting down to now is they have got to pay back. They put IOUs in the U.S. Treasury for the surpluses taken from Social Security, and it's getting down to payback time, and they don't want to pay it back. So the next best thing to do is get rid of the claimants, and that's exactly what they're doing. We're no longer productive in the sense of we're no longer, in most cases, taxable. Therefore, we have no value to the government. And so we've got to go. And we are products, and they intend they refer to us as the greatest product uh, the American country has is its people. And... That's how they treat us. We're commodities. We are commodities. But then this whole subsystem set up. And my, uh, the one thing I don't like about the uh, ad we play at the beginning of the show is where he says, Guardian had a once noble purpose. No, it never did. Guardianship has always been about seizing the life and assets of someone else. That's what it's always been about. And... Um, they used to call it, uh, when you assume somebody's personality, like they do in guardianship, they used to call that peonage. And then what goes on with these attorneys uh, in the so-called kangaroo courts was called baratry. And that means using your position as an attorney to harm people, to take advantage, to profit unnecessarily. So, But those words have kind of uh, disappeared. But something that I keep seeing crop up here and there I think is of interest it's what's called inland piracy. And <laughs> who'd have thunk it? But this is basically what guardianship is. It's piracy. You're pirating oh, yeah. somebody else's life and assets and everything. Yeah. But all of this stuff you're talking about, Reverend, like, you know, going to this one or that one, we've been there, done that. And um, they they politely listen. Many times they don't. And... Um, 
or I love the ones who say, well, it's a necessary program to take care of the elderly. No, you mean to put them in the ground. Um, the one, as I've mentioned before, one of the staffers in Minnesota said to me, guardianship and probate saves the, the state a lot of money. I said, no, it doesn't save the state. It makes the state a lot of money. There's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. Those are just my little thoughts. Yeah. Well, Marnie, uh, hi, it's our, uh, Reverend Ralph. Uh, I thought, found it interesting what you just said about uh, people being – the elderly being disposable property because I don't know if we covered this uh, the last time, but in Japan, uh, one of their legislatures uh, introduced a bill that uh, for people, I think if they're over 70 or something, because there's not the younger population to take care of the elderly anymore, uh, somebody in the Japanese legislature is proposing a bill that uh, they, the government would pay the elderly so much money uh, and then in order or in return, those people would commit suicide to get rid yep. of, you know, you know, to get rid of the elderly people that are a drain on the economy. And I thought that was yeah. interesting, Marty, what you said about, you know, people being elderly being considered just disposable property by the government. Yeah. yeah and look what Japan is trying to do. And that proves it. Another point I yep. wanted to bring up. And again, this depends on what state and so forth. People are talking about guardians, and I don't know how it is with all the other states, but uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, the, um, uh, it's called the Center for Guardianship Certification, and it consists of 100 questions. They're multiple choice, and you only need 70% right to pass, and it's located in Harrisburg. And I find it interesting that you have such low requirements uh, to be certified as a guardian, uh, and these people are able to, you know, produce their certificates and make people think they're such experts in that field, when in fact oh, it's yeah. a very, very loose type of, uh, uh, well, training or whatever or knowledge in order to get this certificate. And then there's something else called the National Guardianship Association. And I think this yes. is where a lot of these guardians uh, list themselves. And it's simply yes. – that's also in Pennsylvania, the National Guardianship Association. I just and basically learned that. They, They're they headquarters make, in Pennsylvania. Right. I just – yeah, and it's a terrible organization. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to finish by saying uh, they make their money by selling courses. So in other words, these guardians can take a course or whatever in some uh, subject matter pertaining to guardianship, and it makes them look like, oh, they've – like taking college courses, and you know, it makes them look like they're such educated people in that field, when in fact, they're just buying the course and adding that to their so-called resume. But again, I think this is where a lot of lawyers get their um, – get their uh, names from this guardianship association when they need to find somebody in a certain area to be a guardian of either the person and or their estate. And it's, uh, again, I don't know how it is in other states, but anybody that's listening, I think maybe they should look into the fact of what, uh, when it comes to a guardian, I mean, when it comes to declaring somebody incapacitated, what are the guidelines for that? 
And in Pennsylvania, basically any psychologist uh, can make up his own type of evaluation, and it can be as little as five minutes of time with the person, uh, or it can be just one paper and pencil test. There are no standards in Pennsylvania as to what constitutes an accurate evaluation to determine incapacitation. And I find that it just extraordinary that with such yeah. loose definition that somebody financial hell or emotional hell for until the day they die. And again, I'd like right. to see what other states, I'd like to find out what other states have as far as what their standards all, are for evaluations. Similar. Yeah, it's all, it's all, the system is all set up specifically like what we're talking about so that it operates in a specific way, which is quite successful at this point. Hold on, we've got a caller here. Okay, Eric. Yeah. Go ahead, Eric, code 301. So if you can think of anyone in the Senate, let me know. <laughs> anyone in the Senate? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. No. Well, they are. No. You can't find anybody to send. No, no. I don't think she knows we can hear her. <laughs> Eric, Marcel? 301, that's... Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll set up for right now. Okay. And, um, you know, but, Marty, uh, yeah. I have a hog report. I have a hog report okay. whenever you're ready. Oh, yep. Go ahead. I, I think we you should know, do. We haven't heard one now in a few weeks, so have at it. Yeah. The hog report. Go ahead, Kyle. Okay. The Hog Report is brought to you by Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Go to their page, like their page, look at the different documents that are up there that Reverend Ralph and I both can attest that we believe there is some shenanigans, some illegal activities going on in the Montgomery County Courthouse. And there's videos or YouTube videos with the, complete with the court documents. To really prove the point, uh, we don't know who's running this Facebook page. It is not me, even though everyone thinks it's me. It's not me. I don't even know how to, like, make a PowerPoint. So I do not have the technical. But I'm very flattered that people think that I am smart enough to do all that. But anyway, Mr. Shenanigans is, is sponsoring our hog report, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So today's hog report is... The Riding the Coattails Hog. So, Marty, I had a nice little talk with our guest, Linda. And about a year and a half ago, she reached out to other organizations. And one name that came up that she told me she had spoken to, I have a hog name. And so who is it? I, a hog. So, Linda yeah, reached what, what out the about... Name? Nope, it's the name of a glory hog. Okay. And, yep, and Linda reached out to this glory hog because this glory hog um, sells themselves as, like, you know, the advocate of the world. And so this glory, so basically this glory hog was the first person to find out that someone got guardianized in hospice right before they died. Like, the glory hog could have been the one to let the whole world know about that this is happening. 
Lori Hawk told her, yeah, there's nothing I can do for you. But I already warned her, Lori Hawk is coming for her because she came on our show. So yep. that is the riding the coattails Lori Hawk because <laughs> they actually can't do anything for you. They can't do anything for you. Kudos to Glory Hogs for their marketing. Kudos, kudos. Your your website was found first. And but then you just say, Oh, I mean, and maybe I don't know, maybe you're supposed to pay the Glory Hog money. I don't I mean, I don't know how it works, Marty. All I know is nobody paid nobody paid us and we were really uh really honored to be able to air this story and to let her come on the show. And to let people be educated to learn, there's a new scam to be watching for. The Glory Hog, who I heard a rumor has their own podcast or starting their own podcast. Like, why wasn't the Glory Hog letting all this, like, stuff, like, being the one to, you know, do something about it and to talk about it? But I'll guarantee you, Marty, the writing the coattails Glory Hog always goes after all of our guests. Every time. And Reverend Ralph, just beware of the glory hog. The glory hog is coming for you. Yeah. How do do I, do I, so everyone, buyer beware, the glory hog is coming. How many oinks (laughs) do I get? Okay, I don't know, let's see. <laughs> Glory, Glory Hog it. trying to ride. Glory Hog riding Marty's coattails. Trying, trying. Mm-hmm. Well, tell trying. You. Let me try to fix this line again here. Yeah. Okay. And they want content for the following. Okay. I guess not. Anyway. <laughs> oh, this is this has been a good show and. Um, uh, Reverend, you asked if the system was the same in every state, This, if if they even have a system for certifying for guardian. Um, and some of them don't. And But it's all this meaningless. And you can bet that's watched very closely to make sure the wrong person doesn't become guardian. That means somebody who isn't part of the club, somebody that isn't willing to go along with the theft that's taking place. I think what bothers all of us in all of this is the callousness. It's like we've talked about hospice before. How do do you go to work every day, cause other people's death and misery, watch them writhe in anguish over what you've done to them, and then die, and then go home like nothing happened and come back the next day and do it again. With hospice, any doctor, anywhere, it can be somebody in Bar Fargo, Egypt, can call futility of care. They don't have to see you, don't have to read your medical file, nothing. They can call for futility of care. And I say at that point, um, everything stops, even food and water. And um, they also, too, in there was a charge nurse for hospice, can override the family and issue a DNR. They just have to post it on the wall above the bed. Uh, Most people don't know that, but yes, they can do that. And a lot of times they won't because people have threatened to sue them for uh, premeditated murder. 
So that holds them back on that. But once they can establish a precedence for it, believe me, this will take off. I guess my point to everything here is this. Everything that is happening, everything that we are enduring, all of the corruption that's surrounding us, these phony courts, these terrible predators that call themselves guardians and attorneys, this is all orchestrated by our own governments, state and federal. State and federal. They've all participated, and they've participated if only by their silence, their refusal to step forward and defend the people that elected them, that they're supposed to be representing. Obviously, we are not the people they're representing. Um, I think one of these days it's going to get to the point where they're going to skip elections altogether and just say so-and-so is going to take this seat because this has become such a system of just outright corruption, outright corruption. And, um, oh, oh, I just got a message here. Somebody, if we had Trump, and I'd shut up about Trump. I don't know what happened to people's heads that you listen to this lunatic of a man, this obnoxious, pathetic, womanizing, lying, grifter, crook, who screwed everybody he's ever had business with. What is it you saw in this? He did. Here, here it comes. Here it comes. He did so many good things. Please name one. Just one. Well, well, he he wanted to make America great again. And I'll tell you something. When I see the, the symbol MAGA, M-A-G-A, when I see that, all I can think of is make America gag again. You know, we aren't any better off with who we got, but. <laughs> but he wasn't you know, Hillary. Yeah, there you go. He wasn't <laughs> Hillary. There you go. Um, has anybody else besides me noticed uh, Joe Biden's first, basically, year in office, he was a blithering idiot. And now all of a sudden, this guy's all together and everything else. Have you also noticed that that's a body double? Time there's telltale signs. Hang on. We're going to try this area code 301 again. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I didn't. 301, you're live and on the air. Different. Anyway, um, I just wanted to tell you, because the first time I've heard from her, and I've heard her on air in three months, and it's something that Lawrence was concerned about because he had stopped doing the, the show. He had with her Hello. I don't know what's happening there, but I'm thinking it's a butt yeah. dial. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> okay, we've got about two minutes left here. Reverend, I want to thank you for coming on. You always have good information, update. Absolutely. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you and very Linda, much. And Linda, thank you. Well, it, I think it's important that we have people who have taken the time to research and study um, to to come on and speak. And, you know, that's another thing in all of this, too, Um uh, out at the summit, I think the second second year I was there, attorney walk up to me, tall man, tall man, just and I'm not real tall, and leaned down. He's just glaring at me. He said, "You know, 
you're dangerously close to practicing law without a license. And I said, well, it appears to me that you are. And he said, I have a license. I said, no, you have a bar union dues card. You don't have any such license. Well, I got one from the bar association. I said, no, they can't issue a license. Only the state can. Do you have a state license? His face got so purple and the veins stood out on his forehead. I thought he was going to punch me. I really did. (laughs) But, um, you know, they complain about people trying to be their own lawyer and they complain about people trying to be their own doctor. (laughs) You lawyers and doctors have left us no choice. You've left, yeah. and I don't think there's anything wrong with the public being educated about the law or right. about health. We should all be educated in this, but we are intentionally not, which leaves you at a disadvantage. But we're going to work more on all of this. We have got to find a way out of this. I don't know if it's what it's going to be comprised of, but there's got to be a way out, and we've got to start holding these politicians, governors, DOJ, FBI, we've got to hold these people accountable after failing to step up and do their job. This is nothing but organized crime, and somebody's right. life is hanging hanging in the balance. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Cos, before we sign off here? Um, You know what? I would like to add, if you'd like to be on the show, we definitely have quite a line of people who are wanting to get on. Please go ahead and you can find me on Facebook and send me a message. I'm helping Marty out. Marty is so, 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 so busy. So I'm helping her kind of like go through the the guests. And also I want to do a shout out to Cynthia who helped connect me with Linda. And she has runs the page Justice for Betty Hayes. So everyone got, get on over there and check out. I think she I think she needs to come on and do like a marketing yeah. class for us. She's okay. just killing it on the marketing. So I would say yes, if you want to be on the shows, go ahead and reach out in a private message and we will do our best to get you on. We don't just always want to be telling stories about guardianship. So if you even are Anything that you feel is relevant that would be great for our listeners, please don't feel, don't hesitate to let us know what you would like to come bring us to to the show. Okay. We're out of time, everybody. I want to thank everyone, Reverend, Kaz, Linda, thank you. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. And we will be back next Friday night. Who knows what the story will be then. But there'll be one. You can take it to the bank. In the meantime, everybody have a good Good evening. Good night, everyone. Good night.